Well, hello, and welcome to the Life Church Canton podcast. My name is Jared Van Vorst, and I'm your host for the show and one of the pastors at Life Church. Thanks for joining us once again on this podcast and for uh, checking us out, listening to some messages and some other content that we sometimes provide. Um, if you're newer to the show, I uh, would love for you to consider subscribing so that you can stay up to date on our content. And then also, if you would like to give to the work of Life Church, uh, we would invite you to do so by going to lifechurchcanton.org slash give. You can find out how your giving makes an impact. And uh, then there's instructions for how you can give a one-time gift or a recurring gift, uh, whatever you want to do. It's all available right there on the Give page. And I do want to say a special thank you to those of you who do uh, continue to invest in this work and and, uh, be generous with your your time, specifically with your money, uh, to make sure that the work that we get to be a part of is advancing God's kingdom forward. And uh, and you are part of that as well. So thank you. Uh, We appreciate you. Uh, this is part of a sermon series that we're doing called Parables, and uh, last week, if you listened, you got to hear from our guest preacher and friend, Vincent Tinch from Life Church Southfield. Now, uh, it's going to be Pastor Nathan, and he's got a wonderful message in store, so I hope you enjoy. I am uh, honored to be with you today. My name is Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, I'm glad that you are here and hopefully you're encountering Jesus. If you're one of the people who's new or maybe back for the second or third time, I'm glad that you are here. Today's going to be a fun message, um, a message that's going to challenge us. And we're in a series, just week two, of parables. And I love uh, what Vincent Tinch, pastor at Southfield, challenged us with. And he asked this question, are you listening? Are you listening? That's why I asked that question of you as well. Are you listening to these parables? Now, we can hear the parables. We can hear them. But are we listening to what God is saying through them? And so that's what I want to challenge you today is to listen. Now, we worship God. We're going to worship God again at the end. I hope that your heart is opening up. It takes a little bit, doesn't it? It takes some to open your heart to hear the word of God. And some of you, you came in with a lot of stuff going on. That's okay. Let your heart be opened to what God is going to say. I want to jump right in to the passage because it's going to take some time for us to dig out what's in here. Let's listen here. The parable of the weeds, Matthew 13. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like the man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. Now later, when the wheat sprouted and formed heads, the weeds also appeared. I want to pause here for a moment. This is important to understand. This this moment is is crucial to, to understanding what's happening is that later, later. Let's continue on. The owner's servants said, came to him and said, sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? Now, why is that important? Well, you see, it had to develop. This is months down the line. As these two seeds grew up, they looked exactly the same, but one was a weed and one wasn't. In fact, the name of this weed is Bearded Darnell. Bearded Darnell, that's a crazy name. That makes me think of a person, not a plant, but it's this. You'll see an image of it in just a moment. It's a drawing of Bearded Darnell. It is a mimic plant, a mimic uh, seed. 
As you can see there, at certain points, it kind of looks like wheat, and it doesn't look like not wheat until it forms heads, or the fruit or the seeds start to develop. They call it wheat's evil twin. It, it, it's something that has uh, adapted and got to a place where it can be um, allowed to grow to a certain place. It, it wasn't immediately apparent the weeds look like healthy wheat. But bearded Darnell is toxic. It can kill you. It, it's something that is not good for you. If you consume too much of it, you will die. Can you imagine the dread of the servants? Can you imagine seeing the field becoming ripe for harvest and finding out the deception? Here's another image of wheat and bearded Darnell right next to each other. Bearded Darnell, I believe, yep, is on your right um, you're right where the heads look different than the wheat that is on the left. But even then, being someone who doesn't do this a lot, you would have seen this and been like, if you did this a lot, like, oh, immediately, this is a problem. But for us, we're like, well, they, they look kind of similar. That is why it is so dangerous. So the servants come out and they see this field of what they planted and worked hard, and all of a sudden there are these seeds in it. Let's continue on with what Jesus said. The owners said, where did the weeds come from? Jesus replied, an enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you're pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Grown so long that the, that the roots had grown together. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will send the harvesters. First collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. This is important here, and I'm going to dive right into it, because not every parable do we get an explanation from Jesus. Last week, he explained the parable. Some of them, we get no explanations, but this one, we do. And he goes on in verse 36, verse 36, then he left the crowds and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. Because I think this one's not easy to understand right off the bat. And he answered, the one who sowed the good seed in the first place is the son of man. That's Jesus. That's how he referred to himself. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. So Jesus creates people in the kingdom. He sows that seed. The weeds are the people of the evil one. The mission of Jesus is that the kingdom of God would be sown into the world. It is here and it is coming, but it is now and not yet. Jesus is the planter of the good seeds. And we who follow Jesus are those good seeds, and we're planted where we're at, in the field, which is the world. Verse 39. And the enemy, the weeds, are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The enemy is Satan, the devil, the accuser, the ruler of the air. He wants nothing more than to sow bad seeds into the world. He comes to kill and steal and destroy. Verse 41, the Son of Man will send out his angels, and they, they will weed out his kingdom, everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them in the blazing furnace where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. 
Whoever has ears, let them hear. Recap. God is the protagonist. Satan is the antagonist. The field is the world, and the church is in that world. The wheat or the good seed is the kingdom of God being planted into the soil. The weed, the bearded darnel, is the mimic seed, which is poisonous, and it's planted to destroy. Christ plants the good seed. The devil plants the bad seed. God, though, is letting the weeds and the wheat grow together. His angels, which are his messengers, will sort it all in, out in the end, and there are consequences. The weeds will be destroyed through fire, and the wheat will be stored and used, having done its purpose. This parable of Jesus has been discussed at length in many sermons, and in many theological books. I could preach at all different kinds of levels about it. Like, what do we do as good seeds in the world surrounded by bad seeds? Right? We've actually, the bad seed, you've, you've heard this phrase before. But today, I want to do something else. I want to narrow it down to the churches as we are in the field, as we are part of the kingdom. And I want to highlight an issue, something that's been happening in our churches, specifically between churches. Now more than ever, it threatens to destroy the crop. It threatens to sow bad seeds. And we reap what we sow. You don't put in a seed for something and get something else out of it. You know, one time I bought something at Aldi's and it was supposed to be vegetables, and I put it in and what came out was, was flowers, which is nice, kind of a nice surprise, but I was using the wrong seed. I didn't realize what I had. So we reap what we sow. What are we sowing? What I see and have experienced in our world, especially in the American church, is that what we're sowing is gossip and slander. It's the fruit of what we have sown, not, not fruit of the Spirit, not, but something different. What we're harvesting is, is gossip and slander that, that we're attacking each other. It could look like spreading dissension and trying to actively get people to leave a church you have left or to leave their churches to come to yours, attacking churches for staying open in the pandemic, attacking churches for closing, slandering on Facebook and bringing division. I don't know any of you who haven't experienced on social media dissension among Christians against other Christians. There's a great Twitter uh, quote that I heard recently. It said, 15 years ago, the internet was an escape from the real world. Now, the real world is an escape from the internet. Do you feel that way? Where you're like, hey, man, I just need to get pause on the internet for like ever. <laughs> that is a good thing. I'm, I'm all for that. Go ahead and do that. If you're online right now, I love that you're here. You know, you can, you can stream it right from our website. I'm just, I'm saying we need escape from the internet. Why? Because it is full of bad seeds, sowing dissension and hatred and hurt. And maybe it looks like you go to a new church, and I know many of you have come to this church. And believe me, when I'm saying this, I'm not talking about anyone in particular, but it's hard as you're processing what can be processing can quickly become attacking the church that you left. Or maybe we don't do that. Maybe we just pick certain denominations, denigrating Baptists or Presbyterians or Methodists or non-denominational or, or Catholics or Evangelicals or Reformed or Pentecostals, apparently, that, that wasn't on there twice, good, uh, Calvinists, Wesleyan, making fun of them, or saying they're so wrong or they don't get it right. 
Or maybe you make fun of small churches or large churches or mega churches. Oh, maybe not any of the local churches because that's too close to home. We'll just get mad at the churches that are far away because that's safe, right? So we can denigrate Bethel and Mars Hill and Elevation and you name it, right? This is what we do. I'm guilty of it as well. We love to have our opinions and critiques, and we'll tell anyone our opinion. And most of the time, honestly, it, it's not healthy. And most of the time, it comes across as gossip or slander. Now, we do this with people, too. Not just entities, because sometimes that's actually easier. Because I can say, well, that church. And I don't have to be talking about any specific individual. That's safer, right? But sometimes we gossip about people, too. We love to talk about their people and their struggles and then tear them down in front of other people. We do that. Did you hear? I can't imagine. I can't believe, well, you know it's about this. Girl, I got some tea to spill. Let's sip, sip, let's go. Let's talk. Let's talk. I mean, there's a Baker Mayfield commercial about that. That's pretty, you know what I'm talking about. That's pretty funny. This is not of the Spirit. This is not of God. This is of the enemy. Let's go back to the parable. There were many servants who served the owner of this field. They worked hard to sow good seed. And they were incredibly disappointed when something else came up. But it wasn't just one person came in. If it took servants, this huge field, to sow it, it took servants to put the bad stuff in. It took people to do that, not just the enemy, but the tools of the enemy. In order to sow the bearded Darnell, many servants needed to sneak in. Slander, gossip, constant criticism, active division, they are the bad seed. And when we gossip or slander, we spread this seed. When we spread this seed, when we bear this fruit in our lives, we do sow something. We do show something as well, that we are sons and daughters of the enemy. It chokes the health of young Christians. It destroys people's lives and creates division and loneliness. It's painful. It's arrogant. It's prideful, and it's anti-gospel when we do this. Students, now more than ever, you experience the tearing down of people. Your social media and stuff that I didn't have to go through, even though I'm not that much older than you. Like, you guys experience the bullying, but also the constant criticism and making fun of it. It must be exhausting for you to come into church and experience the same thing. I'm sorry. Help us be better. Help us love each other better. Here's a good test. When you have a problem with the church or a pastor, or a person, and they fail, or loses people, or seems to be struggling, do you rejoice when a church loses people or feel justified? God, help us. God, help us. We've become tools of the enemy. Here's the crazy thing. Here's the most damaging thing about this. When we slander, we think we're sneaking into somebody else's field. We're going into their field and we're destroying what they're doing. But in reality, there are no fields. There's one field. There's one world. 
And when we sow dissension there, we are sowing it into the bride of Christ, into the kingdom of God. There, we, we put poison over there thinking it'll stay over there, but it stays here. We think if I spread the seed over there, then it'll stay here, but I will spread that seed here as well. You spread poison afar, you'll spread it close as well. We destroy with our mouths and actions, and in some way we feel we have a righteous cost, but all we are doing is speaking life into death. We are giving life to something that brings death. A church is at war with itself, and the world sees our division, and is like, I want nothing to do with that. Because we look just like the seeds of the enemy, the bearded Darno. I want to run through some scriptures real quickly. I want to talk about slander, and I just want you to listen. You may need to close your eyes. Just listen to the word of God. 2 Corinthians 12, 20. For I'm afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be. And you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. Ephesians 4, 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come from your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. James 1.26, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. James 4.11, brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it but sitting in judgment on it. Proverbs 16, 28, a perverse person stirs up conflict and gossip separates close friends. Finally, Proverbs 26, 20, listen. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. Bearded Darnell's formal name, it translates as intoxicated, drunken, you see, it was a seed that, that would kill and poison, but then it was used in smaller doses to intoxicate, kind of like being drunk. It's lethal at certain levels, but at certain levels, it just makes you feel kind of high. Slander and gossip is intoxicating. It's a drug. It's addictive. And when abused... And a way of life, you don't know how to function without it. We don't know how to live life without tearing other people down, without slandering, without making it us and them, pointing out their flaws. We don't know how to do it. And slander, it feels good. It does. Incredibly, again, when we sow this in other seeds and in other churches, we think we're in different field, but we're actually in our own field. But, but when we bear this fruit, it comes closer to home. See, what we are actually sowing in our own families. See, we feed this intoxicant to our children, and we make them addicted to slander before they even have a chance to bear good fruit of love and kindness, wisdom and perseverance, righteousness and hope. It's like the epidemic where we had babies who were born addicted to crack and heroin 
We have children that are born addicted to gossip and slander. You think that I'm over-exaggerating, but in reality, the power of our mouth is stronger than we can ever know in what we do. Mimic seed, right? They're almost indistinguishable until they bear fruit. So we may hide our slander in pretty packages and biblical concepts, but the fruit of what we do, it bears out. I am crushed by the correction that God is bringing to me. My heart and to this church, it's crushing me. It's pushing, I'm feeling the weight of what we must repent from. It causes me to grieve and be sad and ask for God's healing. God allows it to continue in his field. That I don't understand. God, why do you let this continue? Why don't you punish the people who are doing this? Even if you must punish me for the ways that I've done it, why don't you stop this from happening? Why do you let this continue? And the answer is, I don't know why he lets it happen. He, in his wisdom, realizes that we can't pull these things apart as humans. He's going to sort it out in the end. I don't know why he lets this happen. All I know is that we must do what he calls us to do. For a moment, I want you to connect with any emotion you're feeling. You might be feeling angry or frustrated or hurt or defensive or shameful or guilty. I want you to connect with that emotion for just a moment and realize that God wants to meet you in that and be with you. Don't push it away. Don't try to explain it away. It's okay. We're in a safe place. Just let God speak to you in this moment because this is tension. I don't want to give you the solution, but sometimes we jump from the tension to the solution so quickly we don't feel the weight. And so our repentance (laughs) doesn't feel the weight. Let it settle for just a moment. Invite the Holy Spirit to speak in you. God will deal with the tools of the enemy within the church. It's his harvest. He will. We're not supposed to rejoice when it happens as if they're wrong and we're right. We're not supposed to like wait for it, waiting for the pain and hurt and correction to come. No, no, no. What we're supposed to do, what he told his servants, is to nurture what is there, to nurture the wheat. We are called to bear good fruit. This means we have to submit that weeding to God. The question I have is what fruit are you bearing? You might be a bearded Darnell if, dot, dot, dot. I'm going to read some statements. Before I do, I want to give a quick caveat. You can leave churches. It's okay. It's a good way to do it. That's fine. It's all the same field. God moves people, and you can leave. You can have differences of opinion. You can have differences of theology. That's okay. How we do it matters, whether we're being faithful or we become tools of the enemy. You can question the leadership, you can, you should. I'm talking about slander. So you might be a bearded, bearded Darnell if you make fun of other churches. Or you spend time discussing with anyone who will listen about the church that you have already left. You ask people to leave their churches and come to yours or not to go to church at all. You might be a bearded Darnell if you continue to follow what's happening at a church that you left to attack what they are doing or justify leaving. Or you follow churches from afar that you don't like 
so that you can keep tabs on how far they are missing the mark. You might be a bearded Arnell if you attack denominations that are different than you. Here's one. If you find that you cannot celebrate salvations and baptisms of other churches, you might be a bearded Darnell. Maybe you attack people who left your church over a disagreement. You attack the pastors of any church with your tongue. Do you, do you want to know something? 70% of pastors, 70% of current pastors have been tr- betrayed by a close friend within their church. 70%. Maybe that's why only 10% of people who start off being pastors make it to retirement. Where would that ever be acceptable in any other job field? This isn't about pastors. This is about all of us. But that's it. A master gardener going back to the plant. He said, where there is Darnell, there is treachery and toxicity. He's talking about a plant. But where there is slander, There is treachery and toxicity in us. Here's the good news. It is a mimic weed, which means it's hard to tell at first until it bears fruit, but here's the crazy part. Here's the amazing part. It cannot thrive and exist without human intervention. It hides among weeds so it can be harvested and its seeds spread. Again, without human intervention, it cannot flourish and it cannot continue. That even though it bears fruit of something bad, it can be stopped in its tracks. And that's the good news about us, that slander and gossip cannot continue without human assistance. But if it does, slander often becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Our words have power, and by slandering and gossiping, we speak life into death. We are nurturing a poison if we feed it. We'll go drunk on its fruit and it'll cause the very destruction that the enemy wants. We actually speak life into the destruction and some of the words we say are happening actually end up happening. But it's not because it existed before, it's because we caused it to happen by creating it, by creating that death. So what do we do? I want everyone to pull out their phone, get on Facebook, and tell everybody to stop it. That's a joke. <laughs> I want you to go and write a strongly worded letter to every person who has ever said anything bad to you and tell them, stop it. Why are you laughing? That's exactly what we all do. We all do that. There is time for correction. There is time for conversations. But that's not what this passage is telling us to do. What he's asking us to do is to realize that we share the field and we must tend to what God has made us overseers over that portion. We don't look at their section. We don't tell them what to do. We simply tend to the wheat in our field, to the good things that God has planted inside of our field, in our lives and in our church. So those who have ears, let them hear. And those who hear, listen. And those who listen, act. First, The first thing that we're going to do, there's three things that we're going to do together because this cannot continue anymore in our church. The first is we repent. We repent. We repent of what we have done. So today I publicly repent of the harsh words I have said in private or public of individuals in our community. I'm asking for forgiveness from God 
and from the church who I failed. You've called me to lead. God has called me to lead. And at times I have failed. I turn away from slander, from gossip, from hateful speech. No matter what pain or hurt or how I may have been unfairly treated, what has come out of my mouth is not fruit of the Spirit, but the fruit of the enemy. I'll no longer feed those things. I will no longer spread those things. And I turn away from the enemy. Feeling the weight. Church, we must repent. We all must repent. And that might mean you need to write it out to God and then write it out to others. I'm telling you, yesterday I wrote some letters to people. And the contents of those letters were simply, I repent for what I have said. Full stop. I will not feed this anymore. There was no hope, no expectation, no desire but to communicate and to humble myself and say, listen, I have wronged you. And I will not do that anymore. And you may need to do that. You may need to write out to God what you have done and he'll convict you or show you what to do with that. So you might need to write it out to God and write it out to others. You may need to seek out others to repent. And before this service, I had to pull some of my staff aside and I had to tell them, listen, I have led you poorly. I have failed you. I have let this continue in my heart and I have said things I shouldn't have said to you and I have not led you well. I repent of what I have done. Some of you need to come forward and repent and pray together. We're going to have a prayer team out here in a little bit, and they're here just to listen and to position you to experience God. But you may need to come to the front. You can come and pray for one of them. Some of you need to come down to the front, and however you want to do that, you need to repent to God. Second, we need to pray. We need to pray for other churches. We need to pray for them and lift them up and celebrate what God is doing inside of them. So we're going to do that right now. Pray with me. Close your eyes. Pray with me right now. God, we lift up Life Church Livonia. We lift up Life Church Southfield and Life Church Riverside and Life Church Auburn Hills. We pray for unity between our churches that our networks would be, would be full and full of life. We pray for great success in ministry, that they would be places where the Holy Spirit moves we pray for the Rock Church of Plymouth and Solid Rock Bible Church, for Canton Calvary Assembly of God, for Kensington and for Northridge, for City Church and Cornerstone Baptist Church, for Connection Church and Grace Church and Geneva Presbyterian Church, all the churches in this area, God. We ask unabashedly that they would prosper and that their wheat would be full and that kindness and love and the light of Jesus Christ would move forward. We rebuke anything inside of us that does not want to see them succeed. We bless them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We pray for other churches, and then this is what I want all of us to do. We commit to no longer speak badly about the bride of Christ. We will not speak bad about other churches or other people inside of churches. We will not. We will not. We will crucify that. We will kill it. Because it's participating with the enemy. Accountability is what we need. So I make myself accountable to my staff, to my wife, to my friends, and to you. I will not spread the seeds of hatred. I will, not spread, I will spread seeds of life in the field as a, in the king, of the kingdom as a servant of Christ. So you may need to do that. 
you may need to commit and write it down, seal a letter, send it to yourself in three months or something like that, or I don't know, have someone keep it for you and hand it to you when, when you're stepping out a line. Third, this is huge, guys. We must heal. We must heal. Many of the times we slander and gossip, it's out of hurt. We may have been hurt, betrayed. We may be sad. We may be grieved. We must invite Jesus Christ to heal, to be the master gardener and prune our thoughts that produce ugly fruit. We need comfort and healing, and only the Holy Spirit can do that. We may need to cut the voices, though, of, out of our lives that keep sowing slander into it so that we have the space to heal. Some of us keep listening to voices that keep tearing us or other people we love down, and we need to stop those voices for a time. And we need to heal and ask God to give us the strength to have the kindness and love we need to not operate out of anger and hurt and pain and shame, but out of love. So we heal. First thing you may need to do is invite the Holy Spirit's healing. You need to write it out, sit down and say, I invite you to heal me, to point out the things inside of me that are hurting. Only the love of Christ can heal. Only the love of Christ can transform our fruit. He's communicating to you how much he loves you and how much he loves those who have hurt you. How much he has loved those who have wronged you. He loves you. He made you. And he wants you to heal. I can't do this. I can't be whole if I am in charge of my own spirit and soul. If I'm the only one. I must protect myself if I don't have a protector. If I have faith, though, Jesus Christ will nurture me. Because my battle is not against flesh and blood. I put the correction and judgment in his hand and say, God, I just need to be whole. Heal me. The songs we're going to sing are the ones we sang at the beginning. One of them says this, that's the power of your name. Just a mention makes my giants fall and strongholds break, and there is healing. There is healing in repentance. There is healing in asking for God to meet us in our humility. The situation you could be in could be really bad, and you don't know how it's all going to work out, but if there's no miracle, then you aren't finished yet. That's what I talked to God. If there's no miracle, if there's no resolution, if you haven't made it right, then you're still working. God's still working inside of you. So to receive healing, sometimes you need other people. We're going to have the prayer team in a moment come forward, and they're here to pray with you over anything you want to pray about, but they, you might just say, like, I got nothing. I just need healing. Pray for me. Listen, if we do this, healing will spread like wildfire. You don't fix a crop by, play, by, by tearing things out. In this passage, you fix it by nurturing what God has made you an overseer over, has made you over-influencing. So I encourage you to let God convict you as we move into this next moment of repentance. I want you to repent. And then the song starts to, to move into joy and hope and healing. And in the second song, we profess that Jesus Christ is the only way that this comes. I want you to move with it. That means descending into it a little bit and letting God speak to you. So as we close, I'm going to give people an invitation to know the gardener, 
to know Jesus and to repent, leave things behind and start into a new life. And for those of us who have followed Jesus for years, make this your reminder, your repentance of slander and gossip. Let's close our eyes. God, I pray in this moment for those who are hurting, those who are feeling this, that you would meet them. I pray for those who are saying, I need this new life. I want to be free. That they would repent and follow you. And repent means to ask for forgiveness and to turn away from the old things and turn towards something. And we don't just turn away from gossip. We turn towards your love, which is greater than we can understand. So God, for those who want to make that decision, I pray that right now they would confess their need for you. That they need intervention. They need God to meet them where they're at. They cannot overcome what they have done. Only Christ can. So God, they would communicate to you this. I need Jesus. I'm turning away from my old way. And I'm turning towards you. Give me new life. Produce in me healing and love and kindness. And I will follow you the rest of my days. Well, thank you again for listening to this message. And I want to let you know that um, there are people that choose to engage and take next steps in a variety of different ways. I've heard a number of stories over this last year, specifically through the pandemic, actually, where people have uh, just started watching online or listening online and then decided to come check things out in person because they were you know, feeling safe to do so and comfortable. Um, and then, you know, within a couple of weeks, got to meet some of us, some of the pastors, and then decided, you know what, I'm going to get baptized, and then I'm going to get prayer, and I'm going to fill out a connect card, and just a variety of ways that people have decided to take next steps, all because uh, they checked things out. And so if you are one of those people, would you please consider filling out a connect card by going to lifechurchcanton.org slash now. And uh, toward the top of that page is a button that says connect card. We'd love for you to click on that, fill out some information about yourself, and then we want to help you in any way that we can to take a next step. Uh, have a re wonderful rest of your day, and we'll see you back here soon.